0: stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is The Brave Maker Podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Tony Gapastone coming at you from Redwood City, California. I am a writer and a director. I occasionally act as well. You can find me on the interwebs at tonygap.com and all of my socials are usually my name, Tony Gapstone. I am a white guy with uh, brown hair, wearing some glasses and a very simple plain sweatshirt in my very purpley pink studio today and my pronouns are he him his i love doing this stuff thanks for tuning in whether you're live or listen on the replay you can catch our podcast on all podcast platforms and if you want to ever see us you can watch us live or on the replay on our youtube channel brave Maker Org. i'm always with my friend co-creator collaborator actor producer things many many things this person is christina ray jackson welcome christina
2: Thank you, Tony. I love that. And I'm loving your lighting. That purple lighting yep. is just stunning in there today. Really making that Braymaker banner pop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm Christina Jackson. You could find me at ChristinaJackson.com. And I am in my Dublin studio today. That's Dublin, California. I'm an African American woman rocking the Wakanda cosplay today. More on that later. And I've got some uh, red lips and wild black curly hair and I'm in front of a faux plant background with all kinds of wonderful creatures. I got butterflies and snakes and gecko lizards and I'm excited for today's show. We I did. They just keep popping up. I'm like, where are you guys coming from?
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> I kind of think you could do so many cool things like play with that in yeah. the future with different like themes and stuff. That's good. I love it. Let's talk if, about it. Yeah. If you all are new to the show because you're tuning in for our special guest, which we'll get to in a second, you need to follow Christina K Ray Cosplay because every week she yes, surprises please. us with something different, which is super cool. I love it. All right, we're going to kick off before we bring in Jared and Jonathan. Christina, how have you braved your way this week? We ask this every week, y'all, because if you have creative goals, you want to make a movie, you want to write a book, you're trying to produce a song, it just takes little baby steps. And you got to do it one at a time. What was it for you this week, Christina?
2: Well, Well, Tony, you and I are doing a little bit of all that. But today, I braved my way. Tony, you'll never believe it. After, what, almost two years, we have finally... Golden Dotted Ray? all the I's and crossed all the T's on Golden Ray. Uh-huh. So so I was just excited talking about say, this today
1: with our intern. I okay. can't believe
2: it. Yeah, it's done. Uh, issue one, Prisoner of Pioneer. Check for that. Maybe before Christmas. I don't know. I have a meeting with my publicist tonight to see what we're going to do. Craft a strategy for the release. I'm just super excited. So that's why I break my way. almost forgot uh, pronouns. He, she, they. I'm gay. And this is a great day, Tony. <laughs> Congratulations! How do you brave your way? Thank well, you. I got to add so on. Much.
1: Golden Ray is Christina's first comic book, and we've been talking yes. about this for so long, and it's so exciting. And yeah, we we need to see that out in the world. So we'll we'll be able to post yeah. more links about that soon, when people can pre-order yeah. and all that kind of stuff. That's super exciting. That's okay, right. Cool. Uh, I have braved my way. So I have been working on you know feature film stuff for quite some time, and I have this. Uh, pilot that I have been pitching around that I have now turned into an animated piece that now I'm working on a graphic yeah. novel because, you know, I couldn't get it off the ground. Uh, it's a, it's a good, I think, sample of my writing, but it's not going anywhere. So I was going to turn it into an animated um, series or a graphic novel. And I am working on that with an animator and illustrator, but I got this bright idea that when we start our acting classes in 2023, that I could actually turn this into a play. So oh, wow church biz, church biz is turning into a play. And I'm gonna workshop that in our new storytelling in person class that starts in January. And, and I'm really stoked about it. I just you know, it's like one of those things that evolved into so many different I forms. Love it. So I'm writing Church Biz as a play. So and Christina, you have a role in it. So uh we'll talk more.
2: Are you adding playwright to your titles,
1: Tony? <laughs> I guess so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Here you go. Do That's whatever great. you have to do, people, to get your creative goals out there. Uh, speaking and share of that, stories. We have, yes, right. We have two creative people who yes, are doing do. just that. They are uh, Emmy nominated filmmakers, they have done the tour of many of the iconic and well-known film festivals that you're familiar with, from Tribeca to South by Southwest to Sundance. And they have a new documentary, a feature-length documentary coming out called Clean Slate. And they are our featured filmmakers at our November event, November 30th in Redwood City, yeah. California, to premiere it. We're so excited to have filmmaker John Jared Callahan and Jonathan Pickett.
2: Welcome. Yo. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: So good. I'm gonna have you all do your introductions. You can do your visual description for those uh, who are here are visually impaired in some way, and then your pronouns and where you're you're videoing in from. We'll do you, Jared, first.
3: Great. Oh, it's great to be here. My name is Jared Callahan. I my pronouns are he, him, his. I am coming to you live from my office that's out on a farm uh, just south of Oakland, California. Uh, and I am wearing a red and black flannel shirt and a San Diego Padres brown and
1: gold. hat. Yes. Jonathan.
3: Hello. I'm
0: Jonathan. Uh, pronouns are key, him, his, I'm coming to you from the best city in the world, San Diego. <laughs> um, anyone that disagrees is incorrect. And, uh, I'm a young white dude with a mustache and a long sleeve t-shirt and, uh, Semi trendy attempting to be trendy mullet type haircut <laughs> <laughs> mullet
1: and stash, everybody. Well, and a yeah. stash, yes.
0: <laughs> By the way, Tony, I'm like 90% sure that I read a draft of Church Biz in like, yes, you did. 2017 oh, wow, or 18.
1: You sure did. It's That's been amazing. around it's the block, dude. That's Jeez, so cool. Louise, Yeah,
2: well, let's jump right in and I'll start with Jared. So, you guys have a very uh, colorful career here in film but we'd love to know where were you born and raised and how has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today we'll start with jared and then we'll throw it over to jonathan
3: san diego his home uh, i was born down there and spent a lot of adult life there and i was raised in northern california uh, just south of sacramento and i'm uniquely uh, built or created to do this is I just I love stories. I was kind of bummed when mm-hmm. like Storyteller got so trendy to, to introduce <laughs> yourself as uh, just because I feel so seen by it. It's so accurate. I just love uh, absorbing stories in any way form or mm-hmm. fashion. But I also just love uh, telling a good story and then uh, in documentary filmmaking stumbling into them. So I'm excited to talk about this film or have people see it. But for me, I just uh, probably at my very best, I'm brainstorming story ideas, workshopping uh, people's scripts or ideas and uh just writing down everything that comes into my brain and then hoping to find something that works is like my favorite thing in the whole world
2: i love that jared you're in the right oh, place that. that's what tony and i Instagram. love the best storytelling <laughs>
0: beautiful um i'll go my name is jonathan again i was uh, born in santa clarita which is like a little suburb town right outside la and um Came to filmmaking through, like, making skateboard videos with friends. I feel like a lot of filmmakers that are, like, kind of around my age or in their 30s either came through, like, skate videos, making skate videos or making church videos. And I kind of came Mm -hmm. through both, but mostly skating, like, filming and editing with friends. And, um, yeah, went to school and did broadcast journalism. So, I really, um, I loved journalism. I loved talking to people and kind of figuring out, um, like, I was the arts and entertainment editor. So, I really liked seeing the ways that people could express themselves through creativity and what that would say about the person or um, uh, the context where they were. And uh, since then have developed, you know, broadcast journalism is kind of like documentary, but like in a news capacity. So that's transformed into a love of documentary. And now I, um, yeah, I love making documentary films and love even like street photography, which feels like an extension of documentary. Um, so I've been really inspired by, you know, taking my camera and trying to, you know, with i just going on a walk or going somewhere, I was taking my camera and talking to people and trying to get to know people. It feels like documentary is like filmmaking when like relationship is almost like centered and taking priority because it's so communal and relational.
2: Mm hmm
1: both of your presence online is very visual and grounded in this sort of humanity of storytelling. And I I agree with you, Jared, there's a lot of like nudge, nudge, um, mock mocking that could happen when we continually call ourselves storytellers, but (laughs) it's just the reality of life. Like we exist Mm -hmm. on stories and, and those of us who are prone to putting those stories on the film, it's so fun. So, uh, you all have, have a cool history of making a bunch of shorts. And now is this your first feature or have you done a feature before? This is the very first one. This is my third feature doc. So third feature doc and the other shorts, as Janie uh, does a play, is that a feature too? Cause I know you kind of have sort of like a similar theme in some of the work that you're doing.
3: Yeah, I've done enough work now that I'm probably just at the beginning of being able to turn and look back at a body of work. Yeah. which is funny mm-hmm. to have been doing it long enough and to see that thread of following people who make things and and create things and are trying to find mm-hmm. either therapy or uh, process their emotions and their trauma through making things and telling stories. As many of my characters are often telling stories. So Janie makes a play was my first uh, feature documentary. And I followed a 90 year old woman who writes and directs original community theater for her small town. And it is, it's good. <laughs> it's <just> like. <laughs> it's the, the most charming person, movie you'll ever see. She's the kind of person who laugh at her own jokes, and she had a little, like, a Texas drawl, and she's great. So Janie Makes a Play is on uh, Vimeo On Demand. And then our uh, second one was called Sometimes I Shake, and that was a documentary that followed a mm-hmm. mentor of mine who is in his uh, late 40s who had Parkinson's disease, but he was a big band jazz conductor. So his body would shake while he really needed his body. And uh, that, then he received the unfortunate additional diagnosis of ALS. And so as he was yeah. told that his life would have a end date that was coming soon, he invited me to film the rest of his life. And so uh, Jeannie makes the play and Sometimes I Shake are the two feature films that came so out before cool. this one. And uh, they, have, they have heart. We, we, have, we have a theme. We, we tell stories about people that have heart and are honest with you. So it's good.
1: So you can find more about uh, Jonathan and Jared's company, People People Media. I'll say that again. People People Media is so fun. The word people twice. So uh, you, you care about people. Uh, let's watch <laughs> a, um, uh, a trailer to this upcoming film. And it comes out in December, VOD. But y'all, you need to watch this film with an audience, with people, uh, and talk about it afterward right so that's what brave maker does is we love to host filmmakers and then have these important conversations christina and i will be there uh hosting the conversation and we have some really cool special guests that are going to join us afterward that i'll share about that when we come back so let's watch a clean slate i was technically dead for eight minutes of a uh, uh, overdose well i got shot and i was dead for like 10. We don't like to admit
0: that we have a drug problem.
1: feel like I'm in over my head. Because we can change this. But on the day we're shooting this and praying to God we get our
2: coverage.
1: I'm so stressed that I, if I had something in front of me, I'd do it. Desperately ready to just move on with my life. Kind of had a uh, meltdown yesterday. You're not worth it, Cassie. You're gonna fall apart again, Cassie. You're gonna relapse again. I really kind of just want to have a drink right now. Hey, what's going on, dude? Yeah, you don't want to make a movie. <laughs> I think so. Here we go. Quiet on set. I love
0: movies. Movies have always just been a place for me to escape. It's like therapy for me. It makes me feel good, because it gets all that crazy thoughts in my head out on paper. I,
2: <laughs>
0: I'm a
1: good person who has an addiction problem. I can do this. It's a short film, and it's a guy that's leaving a rehab program that he's in. Whenever you're ready, let me know and we'll start. What are you running from? What are you running from? I can get clean at home. Just give me a and you not getting it. You're out of control. You do not have a home with us anymore. You don't have a room at your mother's house. You don't have a place to come home for Christmas. Who are you to judge me? Cut! So good. good. Everybody cover! We're in trouble. Just a little bit of stress. I
2: got it! it. Clear the road! Action!
1: I think that's why no one makes movies in rehab, because it's uh, impossible. You
2: can do this. So that's exciting. I just want to say Films Films with Heart, as a humble filmmaker, I think are the only films worth making. So what can viewers expect to absorb uh, from the story told in Clean Slate?
3: Oh, man. Uh, we found that the world of recovery is they're always uh, on the razor's edge of emotion. I feel like they would laugh, mm-hmm. cry, laugh in the same hour and oscillate between the deepest uh, traumas and the, the deepest joys. And so the the movie really captures that. I feel like when you come see this film, hopefully at the Brave Maker screening is... You get to be transported with a group of people into a world that many of us would never be otherwise. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a real fly on the wall to the realities of residential recovery. Uh, Some of them chose to be there, but many of them were court mandated to be there and were required to be there. And it was just, it was really special. So I feel like by the end of the film, I'm hoping that by spending uh, the time with these guys, that it will increase empathy, that Mm -hmm. it's a chance for me to get to experience the way the world looks like Um, through the eyes of constantly trying to stay on the the road to recovery and stay healthy um, and to do so through tough and happy moments so it is a it's kind of a laugh cry laugh movie as well uh, but it's something that in the end hopefully we're all getting out of our seats and rooting for them to succeed
2: I love that endeavor to increase empathy and understanding uh, for this community yes
0: that's why we really like making Verite movies, like Verite documentaries, because just like the sense of immediacy and the sense of presence that comes with like, it's not a retroactive kind of talking head, looking mm-hmm. back on something, but it's like you're literally living with the people in the mm-hmm. program and journeying with them through the ups and the downs. So I feel like the the presence that Verite uh, lends to the movie is uh, really effective in like kind of giving that, that tension of like hope, uh, celebration, but also like, the extreme difficulty and the day in day out of like, mm-hmm. what's it actually like to go through a day and to walk in someone's shoes, who's struggling with recovery and mental illness and poverty and all sorts of like really, really tough stuff. Um, the, the, uh, the arts Atlanta, which was a publication that gave us a pretty nice review out of the Atlanta film festival. They had this quote that was awesome, that I want to just like repeat back to anyone who asked, but it's like, it's the kind of movie that makes you, it breaks your heart, but it also makes you stand up in your seat and cheer, which is like awesome. That was like exactly what we were trying mm-hmm. to do, you know, Jared
1: so you talk about we have people who are watching who are both film lovers movie lovers and then filmmakers so i want to talk a little bit about the the craft of making a documentary our interns are watching live right now so i'm thinking about you sky ella tommy and gabe uh we're going to be embarking with them on making a documentary around veterans uh, living in a Mm. communal communal home so what are some of the things that you have learned over making your documentaries in these uh in this Third uh, iteration here about how you walk delicately into someone's life mm-hmm. uh, to be that fly on the wall to capture things that are sometimes intimate and vulnerable without it, it being insensitive. And in yep. some cases, mm-hmm. when you're telling these you know vulnerable stories, that re-traumatizing people and asking right. them to relive these difficult spaces in, especially in this recovery and addiction world that you went into.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I feel like that could be an hour long.
1: Yeah. conversation. Yeah.
3: Doc but ethics. <laughs> for, yeah, doc ethics. For us, so much of it is trust and the way mm-hmm. that you interact with people. like you, You're never just becoming friends because there is always the aspect of I'm holding a camera and filming you and telling your story. But as much as you are able to earn trust, to be a person worth um, spending time with, um, a good listener, and then mm-hmm. as a, a documentary filmmaker, I think a lot of our job is to sh- ha- help someone feel so safe that they can share their most vulnerable self or a self that they're proud of uh to the world and if you create that environment then you do that while the camera's rolling and when it's not right our meals as a crew and them together we're still yes. filmmaking it's still doing the job of yes. building relationship so there are moments when things were really difficult <clears throat> and we could still hold the camera and it was the trust was there to the point where they could be fully honest and that makes mm-hmm. good good filmmaking mm-hmm. so that's just that's just one is is being the kind of person that is worth trusting with their story all the time. Jonathan, what do you think about that? What, what's the lesson? Yeah, that's,
0: that's pretty much what I would say. I feel like <laughs> if I were to like set out and make another doc tomorrow, I would consider like 50% of the process is relationship building. And then 50% is actually nuts and bolts filming, uh, editing. Uh, I feel like documentaries live or die on like, uh, the trust that you can build and, um, the, the honesty uh, and the back and forth relationship. And then I feel like that definitely is, you know, building that bridge so that there's mutual trust. So when something is really hard, it's not like, a, you know, I have to turn away because I can't face this, but it's like, no, I, I believe that Jared and Jonathan will do this story justice, even though I'm like mm-hmm. having a horrible day, I know it wouldn't be honest to a story in recovery if I were to just kind of like shut out. And that was that's a tension that I feel like every documentary filmmaker has to be very aware of because you could have you could have conversations for hours about like you know the the gray area of is this something that I should film or is this something that Mm -hmm. I need to be a person or is this something that I need to like call a professional in on and there were moments that we had to um you know make our best judgment and make that decision but I feel like one of the main things too is like I, I learned that um You know, it's not just like a a one-time, yes, you throw an agreement in their face and they sign it, yes, I'll be in the movie, and then you can just film them whenever. It's like, it's an ongoing conversation, and I feel like consent is an ongoing conversation, even in like the moment at the end of the movie. Well, I guess, no spoilers, right? No spoilers. I know exactly
3: what you're going to say. There's there's hard
0: moments in the movie that you have to make that decision, and you have to make sure that, hey, hey, is this like a space that... You know, you feel safe me coming in and yeah. asking you some questions on how you're doing, even though it's obvious you're not doing you're great. You're not
3: doing well. Yeah. Come, come to the screening and you'll know and then we can talk about it afterwards because it really okay. will be yep. something right after you see what we were able to be there for. And both in Sometimes I Shake and in Clean Slate, there are moments when I put down the camera on purpose. Yes. And mm-hmm. they, they, they might have added a scene to the movie. But in the end, if it violates trust or makes them feel unsafe, the movie's not going to be a better movie anyway. And so um, right. I was in some tough moments and sometimes I shake where I put down the camera and we would just cry together. But yeah. in the end, you watch a movie and I think the whole of the story is told better because of those moments and, and yes. using discernment uh, in the tough moments. So well
2: said. I love that. Yeah, I love that you shared that because these are very. Well, we're all very delicate human beings, and as a filmmaker, I could see some reservation going into a space like this and not feeling like I'm a psychologist or I'm a therapist, or maybe I should not be in this space because I can do more harm. But you're saying really just be a loving human being and and listen to the participants and to yourself, and put the camera down when you feel like it's necessary, but definitely still capture. The story, and you guys talked a little bit about docs ethics. Can you speak a little bit about docs survival guide for filmmakers? I'm also working on a documentary with Tony. I've been following a subject who happens to be my sister and her rise cool. in the Bay Area as an artist. So, thank you. Awesome. What are some of your tips uh, for making a really excellent, heartfelt documentary.
1: You can in the process. You- You could Sorry, so you can include this question from our intern, Tommy, about how do you encourage people to be their honest self and vulnerable as you record them? But Christina, do you want to, he was asking where you are in the process.
2: I just have the footage and I'm trying to decide what I should show, what I should narrate over. I kind of want it to be very minimal dialogue where I'm not talking a lot. I'm just showing her journey from beginning to end of a Juneteenth event shot in Stockton, California. Hmm.
3: Yeah. Well, it's nice that you already have a focus on what it is. Some of these things we ended Mm -hmm. with like 150 hours of film and we're trying to cut it into (laughs) maybe that's 70 minutes. So I think I'd start with the moments moments that have emotion. And Mm -hmm. we had assistant editors go through the Dan footage for Sometimes I Shake and make notes of every time that extreme joy or sadness or like real emotion came out. Because when people are emoting, uh, a lot of times they're thinking less and following their feeling, their guts. Like, truth mm-hmm. truth, truth is out mm-hmm. if you are laughing a belly laugh or crying. Um, and I feel like that was a good place to start. They didn't all make it in the mm-hmm. film, but it was like a structure for like, what do we have? And then another one, okay. with Clean Slate, um, I've cut out anything that feels fake to you. It doesn't matter if it's yes. the right words or it moves the plot. If you're watching and you get that like, gut feeling of like Mm -hmm. they're shining it on or it's through a layer or they're saying what they think i want to hear all of it cut all of it cut it yeah Yeah. better to start with stuff that's just real and then Mm -hmm. craft and find the story or what you want to highlight um rather than have anything that could ever take an audience member out of it with feeling like it's a Mm -hmm. show or fake because then you've broken like (laughs) the first agreement you make with an audience on a documentary is this is real and right. that is through a lens and it's through an edit so there's filters on that but mm-hmm. it's still we're still saying saying that it's true and that it right. really happened and anytime someone's aware that the camera's there they're shining it on it's not it's not what you want to make anyway so that's kind of mm-hmm. like step one for looking at it jonathan what do you yep. think what, what what's i like the...
0: that yeah i feel like um the thing that I was trying to like learn on this film is like how to listen. Jared and I were always trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what is the movie telling us it needs to be. And so, and even making documentaries in general, I feel like it's like an act of listening. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, paying attention to what moves you and what stirs you and finding like Jared was saying those emotional moments and then maybe editing those scenes first and being like, okay, this is a core Mm -hmm. moment at minute 45. Mm -hmm. Everything is going to be kind of building to this. And then same with this moment in act three. And then also, Mm -hmm listening by um, exposing it to other people, to people that you trust. Mm-hmm.
3: Test screen. Um,
0: yeah, we were really, really big on feedback and test screening on this movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the edit was like, the first cut was super, super long. And like, we were yes. is, this, is this even a feature film or is this like a episodic type thing? And I think mm-hmm. the more that we showed it to people that we trusted and listened to what we were feeling when watching it with an audience and then also what the audience was saying to us, really helped us distill it into smaller 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 cut this cut this this is your actual mm-hmm. story and it's like yeah editing documentary is like it's not construction it's like distilling it's finding like the the what's it the angel in the marble you know mm-hmm. cutting away until you find what's beautiful but you so do what, that by listening what yeah, would you say good. so
1: so listening and engaging uh you know to tommy's question i think yeah. what i hear what i hear you saying even behind the camera this is like the this is the age old, you know, people say, you're going to make me cry. Like, what's that woman? Um, Barbara Walters was kind of infamous for sitting in, in on a couch and listening. just like shaking her head and hmm. didn't have to say anything, but would ask a question open ending. All of a sudden people would cry. Uh, I think there is something really unique about that. Like there's a there's a you know, you said empathy. There's also like a, a therapeutic element yeah. to people who are in front of a camera feeling they're being seen, obviously, because there's a camera on them, but your eyes are on them. Are there any other things that people do or can do that's not manipulative or ethics, again, that totally. just make people feel like, OK, I can say something? I don't know. Do you tell people, too, they can have edit? They, they can censor things at the end. Talk about it no a bit. No, 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 no,
3: no. Uh, make good work. Everybody I've worked with finds out who I am in Google and watch everything I've made. So you are standing always on the platform that you've built Mm -hmm. for yourself based on Mm. who you are in public, your persona online and the films that you've made. So that matters. And then be the person that they want to hang out with. Like (laughs) be a cool person, be friendly, be kind, be a good listener. You you nailed it, that one, like be a good listener. Um, And then if they can absorb all that, then your skills as a filmmaker are to be in a documentary film, to be a mirror, to be a person who's mirroring Mm -hmm. back to them the things that you see in them And start with encouraging, like be a positive person. And that makes them safe and feel seen to then open all the rest of it up to you. You don't start Mm -hmm. on day one with, oh, this is all my baggage. Like that's a different kind of movie or an unhealthy person I wouldn't want to work with. (laughs) as a subject. Mm -hmm. But that's earned through time and relationship. So see it that you're building a thing over time. And you will be able to do things at month six that you weren't on month one if you're doing a feature film. And for Mm -hmm. me and Dan, it was at year three or four that I wasn't going to do in month six so know the project know what's in scope mm-hmm. know what it's worth and if it's you're doing a one day event you can do different things but you aren't given the longevity of relationship but then you choose to make something about a sister that you can go anywhere and be anywhere with and they'll trust yeah. you so choose wisely yes. be the person worth being with and make stuff mm-hmm. that's holds people in a kind light uh because then they'll want to be in your light the next time
2: yeah yeah do you also, always start building the relationship prior to rolling or sometimes it varies Depending on the film. I feel like you can you can Always almost difficult. tell in documentaries yeah. when they show up and they shake hands and then they
0: sit down and they press record. I think like mm-hmm. yeah, showing up in their lives or even the, the filmmakers that embed themselves in certain communities when they're filming, I think that that shows in the final product big time.
2: Is that you two? Is that Jonathan and Jared's arch you guys too? Do? do you immerse yourself we... in these cities and all
3: yeah. of yeah. all of the docs or the ones that have been successful, uh, are mm-hmm. all like that for yeah. clean slate it was wow. it
0: was cool we, we lived at the rehab featured in the film for a while i was there for a month and for a month we slept on wow. um the bunk beds that the guys in the program made for us and you know we're just like down the hall from from them and their everyday lives so it, it very much felt like we're we're just like around and you know when you show mm-hmm. up and you have lunch with them every day and and like to um the question earlier uh it's like expecting someone else to be honest when you maybe haven't shared about your life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like it's a two-way street, I think, relationally too. So we would share about who we were and what we were interested in and be honest with them. And then I think that goes a long way for building relationship and trust.
1: Episode 171. If you're just tuning in, we're with Jared Callahan and Jonathan Pickett, filmmakers of the new feature film called Clean Slate. Brave Maker is going to be screening this in Redwood City, California on Wednesday, November 30th. So, to you two who are filmmakers uh, with all these projects under your belt, you know, we have a lot of people who listen and watch, including myself and Christina. Uh, we like to talk about how do you make ends meet? How does this filmmaking life, which doesn't always, especially in an independent space, uh, help you pay bills and, and feed the family and do all the things that one needs to do to, to make it? Love to hear you talk about that. Some of the financial things you've learned along the way, how you balance many jobs, anything you want to tell our listeners about what you've learned along the way about having a sustainable career in the entertainment.
3: Yeah, I was mentoring a young filmmaker today who was asking the same questions. Uh, they are a server and don't want to serve food anymore and mm-hmm. would like to make things. So I feel like uh, there's there's like steps, there's rungs. You don't just jump from where they are to getting a full salary to pay, get paid well to make anything you want to make or get your dream projects made. I feel like without compromising and selling your soul to go make commercials that are for companies that do harm to the world uh that's a way to make money and you're making things you're making films but you're not making what you want to make i feel like there is some sort of uh compromise is a strong word there is some sort of relationship between making enough money to be able to live indoors eat food and have health care and make the work you want to make and some people at different stages in life are able to push harder and sacrifice more to make the work you want to make um but for us, we have built a life. I started by making that first movie, Janie Makes a Play, while I had another full-time job and was paying my life and salary that way. And then in 2014, I branched out and started People People Media that has grown to the place where I can employ a couple of people, Jonathan's been on for full-time for like five years, uh, where we can employ people to make work that we make and get paychecks to do it, which is a blessing and is great. Mm-hmm. We also then, over the last couple of years, have taken jobs for companies or that we believe in we like what they do, but they kind of pay corporate company money to make films for them. So we did some short documentaries for a group of people that live in a senior living facility. It's great and it's humanizing, but we didn't get hired because we mm-hmm. are documentaries. We got called because she saw Janie Makes a Play and they hired us because they knew we could tell real stories about people uh, that often face discrimination because they're older. And so mm-hmm. we we're filmmakers. We are filmmakers. We keep doing that. And that has kept opening enough doors for us to be able to eat food, live indoors yep. and make movies we believe in. Yes. Um, so we've also spent the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, this last month to make a pitch for a massive company that everybody has heard about. And we're taking meetings to try and make a documentary about them, which would be an awesome multi-year project for a lot of money. And it would be so fun because we believe in what they do so much, but mm-hmm. they they can pay and it's not a script that Jonathan and I have wrote, you know?
2: That's exciting. Sure. We're reading for you guys. It's fun. Thank you.
1: (laughs) So as we uh, screen your film on the 30th, I have been reaching out to recovery groups in the area. I think I saw you guys an email. Uh, One of you emailed me, but I have been inviting people who love someone in recovery. Some uh, people who are in recovery have invited sponsors. We do have a woman who found herself on the street and pregnant uh, Mm. and then went to recovery group and now is a sponsor. She's going to be on the panel with us. Her name is Sean Sheeran. And then an organization that I had the honor of starting in 2001 called Street Life is going to be there as well to uh, enlist volunteers who want to help the people who are in recovery. They have a program called, um, uh, what is it called? I'm blanking right now. They just got a, a grant for a million dollars. It's like Homeless to Housed or something like that. Way to go. And they're going to be Hi. talking about uh, how they Hi. can, how we can help people in the Redwood City area oh, wow. get into spaces for their own health. But for you two, as we, you know, invite people to come, uh, you know, documentaries, I think, are growing in appeal and attraction. Yeah. They're becoming more and more cool and, uh, and sexy. Uh, what would you say or what do you want to say to people who um, are trying to figure out what do they want to do on Wednesday, November 11th? What, what's, why would people want to come? What can we get out of it? How can we be pitching this to other people to come sit in a, in a, in a dark crowded theater and watch this awesome story that you two have brought to the screen?
3: Dude, first things first. I think we need to make T-shirts that say "documentaries are sexy." There you Is
1: go. That, baby. that right would here. surprise
3: my spouse. I would buy I don't think that. She t-shirt. believes that.
1: Right here, right here. Come I on, you can't sneak that by us. I,
3: I caught that. Um, I think there's something really holy, special about watching movies in theaters with other people. And I think we've mm-hmm. all uh, communally suffered over the last couple of years of the pandemic, waning and ongoing pandemic concerns, <clears> where we lost that and we lost movie theaters and we lost watching things with people and we we lost the magic of what Brave Maker does and what film festivals do is talkbacks conversations with uh, the filmmakers and the conversation afterwards is honestly that's one of my favorite things in the world Um, I made a favorite things list and I think number three was watch things with people and discuss it because that is, that is the juice. That is the point. It is. That's why we do this. That's why we make things. That's why Jonathan and I have spent years on this film in a dark room by ourselves editing a movie so that you can come out on that Wednesday night, watch it for 80 minutes and, and have your life tweaked or changed or altered a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about um, this subject. So I, I would hope that of all the things that you could be watching and doing, the... the tapping into the magic of the movie theater and coming out and watching something sound and look as good as it does on a big screen and then uh, get to laugh uh, and respond to the film with a group of people. is just so special. So coming out for Mm -hmm. on the 30th, uh, it'll be an honor and I'll be there. I'll drive down there and be so excited to watch it (laughs) with y'all and then uh, talk Mm -hmm. about it afterwards is just just the best jonathan yeah. what do you think why do people I need have nothing to, come, to add i was come just gonna say house. that's it <laughs> i was just gonna
0: say support indie movies uh it's a celebration yeah. of movies like jared was saying mm-hmm. kind of like you know the fablemans and empire of life there's all these movies coming out right now that are like it's like reflecting almost back on the pandemic experience and how this is such a neat thing it very much has that and um hopefully yeah. you laugh and cry at the same time <laughs> by the way tony thank you so much for doing those outreaches that's so cool that those
3: people are going
1: to be there very cool totally very cool you know the um the outreach and the word of mouth and the personal invitations are so so important and i totally agree jared there is i think still a hesitancy to come back into film screenings or even in person Mm -hmm. gatherings and so if you're listening or watching this, let me just encourage you. The theater is pretty big. So if you want to come in and still wear a mask, you will be welcomed to do that. And you can sit, yes. uh, sit away. Christine and I will be there uh, hosting uh, Jared and Sean on a panel discussion. And we're excited to um, obviously have this conversation, but I always say this too. It's, really important that we support indie filmmakers and have relationships yes. with them because for now jared and jonathan are accessible to an extent right, right? you can touch them and meet them and connect with them and watch you know see them on social media i i make my interns watch to engage but i also say this is also a business or uh, an industry of relationships you never would know if you want to if you want to be in the film industry how you could be in the next document they're making as a, as a hireable. Pr- person on the crew or Most or definitely. a subject of the documentary yeah <laughs> so meeting our our filmmakers at our events is so key it's a really really beautiful thing to, to to behold and uh, if yeah. you are never i've never been a part of the brave maker film experience please come because we're going to keep doing these especially as things get more and more safe out in the world and especially there's more and more cool stories out there to be shared so all right i see one more yes. question coming in go ahead christina do you have something
2: yeah, I wanted to add Tony was inspired by the Sundance Film Festival to begin Brave Maker. And that was the first film festival I ever attended was the Brave Maker Film Festival. And so if you've never had the chance to go to Sundance or Tribeca or any of these film festivals, November 30th will be an extremely special <laughs> opportunity to see what all the fuss is about, to see a film and then meet the filmmakers, they're right there. You could talk to them, ask your questions. Yeah. So I will just say, you know, as a newbie to film festivals, it's a very special experience to get to sit with the filmmakers and watch their film and then discuss it afterwards.
1: Yes. All right, we have one more craft question from Sky, who's also interning with BraveMaker. Do you find conflicts between a professional versus personal relationship when you're both working with these people while also living with them and exploring their lives?
3: It's always professional. Like, Mm -hmm. it's always professional. And for the people that I have been in a personal relationship with, uh, much like Christina, uh, mm-hmm. and then done something with film, very clearly stated what the relationship means and that I'm not exploiting, but I'm holding up. I would ask questions. I'd always give them the ability. They don't have the edit power, but they have the ability to not answer anything. They don't feel comfortable. It's not a gotcha. I've said I've never, even with these guys, sometimes it's not a gotcha. If you need to pause, we have editing. You can pause and think as much as you need to to answer. I'm 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 here to help you And we're on the same team to make something as good as we can. Mm -hmm. And that changes the relationship. It's not me versus you. It's not something that we're competing. It's we're together. We're on the same team and we're building something together. Um, (coughs) That it's always professional. And personal comes in and bleeds in. And you have, because we're humans and you have relationships. But in the end, I was there to make this as a professional and Clean Slate. And in the end, it is a product. So I need to treat it as such. And to be no. as best at that as I can be, I'm going to be as personable as I can be. Like I, my love and care for Josh and Cassidy, I still email Cassidy, and we are texting with Josh today. I think so. Like <laughs> we we love that we are humans. We care for them, and for many of my documentary subjects, I care about them and have relationship with them far years beyond finishing a project with them. So it does. I see how it bleeds <laughs> over, but you gotta prioritize professional mm-hmm. and have things signed yep. and treat them by the law and of respect and um, it, you are a professional filmmaker. It's in order to be sustainable and to mm-hmm. not get sued and to keep people safe, mm. you need to follow the rules that uh, have been established for people who are going to make documentary yeah. film.
0: I would just add: I think it's so important to have like conversations about this, conversations about like boundaries, about you know when is it appropriate to film, when is it not. Like have have all those conversations with uh, the subjects and the filmmakers ahead of time like I just you know when something may come up it's really helpful to have already kind of established certain things and I think that's probably true with fiction films too like if you're working with an actor you want to have a conversation with an actor before you get to set like how do you take direction is this is this okay is this a good way of working so um yeah just having conversations ahead of time can help establish those things
1: That's really good to all of our filmmakers out there wanting to make a documentary. uh, Google Documentary Ethics uh, also. This is a big, big one, but entertainment lawyer. It's a a necessity. If you want to have your film out there for the world to watch, you have to protect yourself. You have to have contracts in place. You have to have a, I'm doing this right now for Last Chance. Charlene, you have to have a lawyer and errors and omissions insurance. It's so many things that we don't even have time to talk about today, but there is a whole other side to this. It's a business and you really got to take care of yourself. Thank you, gentlemen. Gentlemen. Episode uh, 171, Clean Slate. We're really excited to have you. Two weeks from today, everybody. So get your tickets yeah. at bravemaker.com. Join Christina and me for the panel discussion, hosting Jared. Uh, we'll be having a red carpet there as well and some other fun press things happening. Come be a part of it. We're really excited for you guys. Congratulations Thanks. on your third feature film. <laughs> and stay tuned for our, our final segment of the show
0: Brave Faves, TV shows, films, books, songs,
1: technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave Faves.
2: All right, I have two Brave Faves. I'm not certain which one Tony is going to pull up, but I will first talk about the cosplay. Uh, Black Panther is back. Now, if you have not seen uh, the latest Black Panther movie, go watch the first one, and then a race to theaters in person. Uh, I went with my whole family. My grandmother's birthday was Friday, and we were all in theaters to watch the premiere. Of Wakanda Forever. It is a visually stunning film and a very intriguing story, which I won't touch on as I don't think Jared or Jonathan have seen it yet. We promised no spoilers today. So, no spoilers, but it's a, a very incredible film. And my second Brave Fave kind of touches on a clean slate. So, I am celebrating along with my lovely partner 131 days alcohol free today. And we what? recently discovered, thank you so much, non-alcoholic champagne. Who knew? What? Who knew? So this is a list by Town & Country. It's a lifestyle magazine out of New York, and they've compiled a very wonderful list of non-alcoholic champagnes. You could definitely check out uh, your local Total Wines. I've been finding some very nice selections from their beers, wines, as long as champagne, all non-alcoholic. Uh, one of our favorites right now is called Rondell, if you want to check that out this weekend uh yeah it's our top champagne for the moment but definitely explore those options and if this has been a concern and you're looking to get sober these holidays why not start with champagne so that's those are my brave faves what about you tony
1: I am going to fave a new game that my daughters introduced me to. It's called Coup. Uh, it's uh, a card game kind of thing. And it's a really fast, fun play. Uh, think of like Settlers of Catan, but only like quicker and maybe a little bit more fun. <laughs> I like Settlers of Catan. <laughs> I like Three hours. <laughs> yeah. C O U P. Really fun card game. They also have another game called One Night as a Werewolf that has an app oh, that's kind of like yeah. Mafia. So, like, yeah. you, don't, you remember the old school map oh, it's so fun so, so it's on my phone as a where do you have that oh gosh i love <laughs> it so so fun so, fun. so yeah Koo <laughs> is a fun game that you don't need the app for so check it out what about you jared what you got
3: uh two things one is an activity uh i did it today go walk in a creek <laughs> go outside <laughs> for people who do so much with technology and our phones are connected to our hands mm-hmm. at all times I walked in a creek and uh, hearing the rocks move and the water under my feet and looking up at the trees was the best, and I do it as often as possible. Mm. And number two is a movie. I'm late to it, but it's called The Father by writer, uh, director mm. Florian Zeller. Uh, his new movie is touring right now at festivals it's called The Sun, but The Father is Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. Anthony Hopkins won the Best Actor Oscar for it, and it's a- about following a man who is working uh, on living with the effects of dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm. And that movie is gorgeous. And he is brilliant. And the filmmaking is great. And the writing is tight. And I I rented it from my library. So you don't even have to spend money. Go rent a movie from your library. And it is great. But The Father, that's a win. And I'm looking forward to his next movie. Hmm.
1: Jonathan, what you got?
0: My Brave Fave is a book called White Noise by Don DeLillo. It's a novel. And I literally finished it this morning, so it's on my mind. And uh, you've probably heard of it because a movie version of it is coming out, I think in December on Netflix, directed by Noah Baumbach, starring Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. And um, I finished the book this morning and I I read it in like a week or something like that. It was a quick read because it was captivating. It's like sci-fi, apocalyptic, sort of, but it's only like a section, like the middle section of the film. And then the, the beginning and the end kind of takes it in this different philosophic direction, exploration of death. Um, I, I also haven't read something in a while that had dialogue as, like, snappy and clever as that, which I think fits really well with Noah Bombach's style. But some of the dialogue, I, was, I would just, like, skip back a couple pages and read it all again from the beginning because it's, like, hilarious. I was, like, laughing out loud while reading it. <laughs> um so that's that was a great book I, it's fun to read stuff like that before the movie comes out to like
1: just kind yeah. of like
0: get excited yeah. get excited
1: so good guys thanks for being with us today okay, sure. good faves don't go away and speaking of books if you want to get that book white noise get it on amazon by using smile.amazon.com and then choose brave maker as your selected nonprofit, and a portion of everything you buy everything you buy Comes right back to Brave Maker to help us keep doing this work. Uh, as you all know, uh, if you don't, if you are new to the Brave Maker community, we are a nonprofit and we love and are grateful for the generous support that we get from all of our corporate sponsors and individual donors. 28 individual donors to date, which isn't a ton, but they help us. With everything from our live streaming subscriptions and our rent and our insurance and all the different entertainment lawyer things that we have to do to make our work, to do our shorts and our features and our film festival, we really appreciate and would encourage you, if you can, especially in this season of giving, most nonprofits get about 25% of their annual budget at the holiday time because everybody starts thinking about generosity and we're so grateful for that giving Tuesday uh is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving and that is a great time to give but you can do it right now from your phone just text the word brave maker to 44321 that's brave maker to 44321 and you could be a part of our fifth year of existence in 2023 we're doing our film festival bigger and better the brave maker Academy is launching yes Brave Maker Academy in-person classes are happening here in Redwood City. We have a six-person only limit uh, to our class with Tina D'Elia, who is going to be teaching improv acting, sketch storytelling, and helping actors, performers create a one-person show that is going to be then performed in the second or third quarter of the year in 2023 with brave maker so really excited about that screenwriting classes also start go to our website bravemaker.com and you'll click on classes and find out more christina what's coming up next week and who do we have to thank
2: we have to thank our wonderful live show producer amy cohen out of grand rapids now out of austin texas and out of grand rapids michigan we have our wonderful podcast editor barnell amos and our social media manager carrie alley and join us next Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tony and I are going to share our favorite gifts for filmmakers right in time for the holidays.
1: Yes, it's yeah. our annual <laughs> Christmas gift holiday gift show. Yeah. All right, guys. And Jared and Jonathan, if you have any suggested gifts for filmmakers, oh, let yeah. us know. We we'll, share. we'll share it. We'll share that out because I'm okay. putting my list together and checking it twice. Where can people find yeah. you? Give us one final shout out where people can find you on all the socials. How about you? We'll start with you, Jonathan.
0: My uh, Instagram is at JPHowdy. Um, and then just a sidebar, if you if you watch Clean Slate um, and you have Letterboxd, go on Letterboxd and log it and write a review. And if you liked it, write nice things about it because it really helps other people discover it too. And also, you know, text a link to a friend.
1: We'll share that at the screening too. That's good news. Yeah. Thank you. Good.
3: The company, sure. web, the company website is peoplepeoplemedia.com, and everything is on there. Uh, you can see a bunch of our other films uh, on Instagram. It's peoplepeoplemedia. And then I am at jared underscore cal, C-A-L. Uh, and I'm excited to go watch movies with people on the yeah. 30th.
0: Oh, yeah. Doctor
1: yeah. sexy. I appreciate both Hey, we will have that shirt in our our <laughs> store tomorrow. That's
3: the gift. That's the gift for Christmas yeah. that you got. Oh, Documentaries are sexy. <laughs> <Docs> are sexy. <laughs> All right, oh, so
1: fun. Okay. Thanks you two so much for being a yes, part thank of you. our hundred and seventy first episode. Nice uh love doing this. Excited for you. Jared, we'll see you on the thirtieth. Jonathan, we didn't even get a chance to say like so many so much cool history jonathan cast my daughter in his short horror film like years ago so, yeah, so... It's <laughs>
3: wow
1: uh such good stuff y'all so thanks so much for being a part don't go away because we want to get a picture with you everybody else thanks for listening and watching share with a friend like and subscribe and all that fun stuff yeah. all right brave stories change the world bye. and you
2: are the story bye everybody
0: Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BRAVEMAKER to 44321 or go to bravemaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.